With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs. Jokic behind his back. What a taste like Jokic. Your sitter. Wow. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Pundit Show. I am Zach Mikosh with DenverStiffs.com. You are listening to Nothing But Net Radio. It is about 4 p.m. Mountain Time on a, well, on a somewhat, I mean, I hope it warms up. It it was a dreary Friday in Colorado, and it is still quite cold here on Saturday. A little bit of snow. Rockies opening day. A little bit of snow. I think they got that game in. They got, got shelled. Anyways. We're not about the Rockies. That's a great podcast. Uh, I wish I had someone to throw throw someone out that you listen to, but I don't off the top of my head. Um, we're way off track. Anyways, let me get let's so let's get to the co-host. Let's bring this thing fully back around all the way out. And I imagine a much warmer locale, uh, South Carolina. We have Mr. Ryan Blackburn. Ryan, what's going on? It's it's going well. You know, it is a lo- it is a warmer locale. I would say it's hasn't been really bad lately, and uh, today's just been a pretty good day. No, uh, no snow out there in southern Southern Carolina oh, no. right now. Uh, no, none of that thirty degree weather with the with the off and on snow like you guys are getting in Colorado. Though I do miss it sometimes. Yeah, I would say. Well, no baseball teams either. So what do you got to worry about? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Also with us, <laughs> I know low blows right off the top at the Pickaxe Pundit Show. Um, with us as well here, suffering the cold with me in Colorado, is the chief moderator of Denver Stiffs, Mark Grimaldi. Counselor, what is going on? How's it going, everybody? Um, thanks for having me, and I'm gearing up for Stiffs Night Out. There you go. Yeah, see, this is, I want to get, I want to touch on this first, because I always try, and I, as I just told you guys, it's 4 p.m. on Saturday. That is a total lie. I'll let you know right now. It is not 4 p.m. on Saturday. It's actually Saturday morning. Um, so this one, I'm, normally I try and I try to you know we not break the what, what do actors call that like through the fourth the wall fourth wall. Yeah, there you go, there you go. Uh, I try not to break that, but uh, there's just no way because the Nuggets play a massive game today against the Clippers at 1:30. We we have to record before that time. Uh, the show will air after that time. So it's um, there's simply no way to to get around this one. Uh, but you like Mark said, yeah, big time stiffs night out. I'm going to be down there as well. Uh, hopefully it'll be a good one. Everyone listening already knows what has happened. So uh, it's like it's like reading a book about a about a character, and you know what's going to happen to the character, but they don't know. So you get to see the drama that ensues. That's how we're gonna that's how we're gonna pitch this at least. Um, but yeah, Mark, are you, so you're going to be down there, I take it, headed down to the Celtic on, on Blake Street. Not on Blake Street, on... Yep, I'll be there. Awesome, awesome. I will be there. And, and I know, wish I could uh, be there. I wish I could be there. I'm right. all the way out in South Carolina, honestly. Like, this is a big deal. If, if you guys haven't been to a Stiffs Night Out, and if you haven't gone to the one today, then I... If the Nuggets do happen to make the playoffs, there will be more Stiffs Night Outs, in all likelihood, during the playoff games. So... If they do happen to make it, then please come down. Please support the team, and it would be a big deal. So, 
Yeah, you know, I think when I think about it, um, so if they get into the playoffs, they'll most likely not be. I mean, there's still an outside chance they could get the four seed, um, but most likely going to end up not having home court advantage in the first round. So that would, I would think, we would try and shoot for game three. Uh, or no, game three would be at home. So I, maybe a game. We're well, probably not game one since we just did this this stiffs night out today. So maybe game two, um, we might shoot for one, and then or or we'll see how. It, maybe if they win game one, we might push it back to game five and get get even a little more. Hey man, depend- I just don't want. Go depending ahead. on what the Celtic wants, like I I would think that hey, game one, let's let's get everybody in the building and and see if we could pack the house. That is true. That is true. I would say I would. I would want to do game five, but I would be worried that, like, you know, it'll be typical. Like, it'll be 2000s Nuggets all over again, right? They'll win that first game uh, of the series on the road, and then they'll lose four in a row. And so we'll get to game five, and they'll be down 3-1, and it'll just be a major bummer. Um, that would be my concern. We're, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves, though. They, they still got to get into the playoffs. But, yeah, as we've been saying, man, Stiff Stein out. It's always a great time. It's tons of fun. Uh, you know, this year the the Nuggets have been great. They've teamed up with us, I think, on every single one. Uh, so Rocky's been there. The Nuggets dancers have been there. Uh, this time Katie Wingy, uh with uh, the Nuggets herself, who she's, if you guys don't know, she's um, one of the, I don't know what, what her title would be, either the host, the in-arena host? Yeah, the in-arena host. Right, so she she was there uh, at Sist Night Out today as well. I mean, it was just, just a packed house, uh, as always. And it's always so much fun because it's all diehard Nuggets fans, which, you know, it, they're kind of somewhat hard to come by, uh, in f- full disclosure, in, in Denver. It's not like you run across them all the time in every bar that you go to like you would Broncos fans. So it's kind of fun to get all the diehards together because everybody's living and dying with every single basket. They're cheering, they're pounding the tables, um, and it's just a bunch of fun if you're if you're into the Nuggets like we are. So, like I said, be on the lookout for that if they get into the playoffs, and if they don't, well, I will pro- I don't I don't know. We'll we'll do one maybe not for the draft lottery, but certainly for the draft. Um, well, this is like a win or lose we booze scenario. I mean, if we don't make the playoffs, I'm going to be drinking, just not at this night out. Perfect. Yes, exactly. Perfect. <laughs> well, I'll, we'll all go down to the Celtic to wallow in misery while we watch the uh, while we watch the Pelicans and the Timberwolves in the playoffs instead. Um. All right, we've totally. I mean, how much time have we wasted? A good six minutes right off the bat. I like it. Uh, we are off to a strong start here. Um, so we are going to get into, of course, all things Denver Nuggets. That's what we do here on the Pickaxe Pundit Show. Um, the Nuggets, at least as far as we know at this point, are on a what four-game winning streak, longest tied for the longest winning streak of the season. Could not have come uh, at a more important time. Came entirely without Gary Harris. So I want to really talk about that winning streak and what's been the catalyst of it. Um, and also maybe, you know, we, there's been a lot of talk about Coach Malone. Uh, I want to talk about what that does for him and his future, winning these four games in a row, and, you know, can they continue to keep it up? Um, like I said, obviously we're recording before this Clippers game. You guys have already know what happened, so we'll break down both scenarios from our viewpoints, um, whether they were to win or lose, what that would mean, and then you guys can either laugh at our takes or... Uh, wallow in misery like i said with us if they if it ends up being that they lost uh and then after the break we will let's let's break down the final two games right portland minnesota home against portland at minnesota um the kind of interesting thing and we'll get into this about the clippers game is kind of no matter what even if the nuggets lose it they they those two games the blazers and timberwolves games if they win both of those they're still going to have a pretty solid chance of making the playoffs um, oh no they are so either Here's the the clinching scenario is that if they win those last two games, they are in the playoffs no matter what. No matter what, there. See, this is why I have Ryan on the show because he's got he. I, if you guys, I didn't see it. Ryan wrote a great article about all of the different playoff scenarios um, that uh, that 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 could go down and how the Nuggets could get in. So um, check that out on DenverStiffs.com. But yeah, okay. So there you go. If, if, even if they lost this game today, um, those two games are still massive. Uh, of massive importance to the Nuggets. So we will break them down uh, and, and talk about those and, and what's going to happen. And maybe, hey, do they need do they really need to get Gary Harris back for him considering uh, how they've played without him? Uh, and that will pretty much round out the show. So let's, um, like I said, we've already wasted uh, six minutes to start off. So we're going to, we can't waste any more time. We're going to go right, right to the meat of the discussion. 
This Nuggets win streak, four games in a row, winning at Milwaukee and then home against the Milwaukee Bucks in a crazy one, uh, the Indiana Pacers, and then uh, obviously the Minnesota Timberwolves in a massive win um, as well. So really, that, that I mean, it's an impressive win streak to me. It's probably the most impressive win streak of Michael Malone's tenure because his four games is the longest they've ever had. Uh, I believe they had one other this season of the same length with him, but none more than that in his entire career with the Nuggets, considering the quality of competition, considering the stakes. Uh, definitely the most impressive run of games that they've had during Michael Malone's tenure. Ryan, I'll go over to you first. Uh, if you could put your finger on one person or one player who's kind of in the catalyst behind this winning streak, what would you say it is? Well, I think one of the things that's been really interesting about this streak is that Nikola Jokic, and I do believe that he's the catalyst, but Nikola Jokic has been the guy in which everything is operated around over these last four games, and they have absolutely centered the offense around him. The field goal totals have been around him. Uh, it's been really impressive to see what they to see what they have done and how much they have committed to him. And even as we have seen the last game against Minnesota, where he really really struggled with his shot, the Nuggets kept going to him. They kept showing confidence in him, and ultimately they prevailed because they had somebody who was an alpha, and because they had somebody who the defense had to respect as the alpha, which opened up opportunities for other players. Yeah, I would, uh, I mean, I would, I, I almost, Jokic, Jokic would be part of um, what I would call my catalyst, I guess. It would be, for me, it's Jokic and Millsap together and the way those two guys have worked and have been able to kind of figure it out, right? We're kind of, we, we know there was a lot of clunkiness um, with the, uh, with that Jokic-Millsap pairing, especially when Millsap just came back from injury, just like at the beginning of the season. They appear to have figured it out and figured out how the two of them can work together uh, and be effective, and I think that happens to be um, pretty much pretty much what has been like like I said the catalyst. But yeah, I agree. I we saw man, which game was it? Where I want to say it was the Indiana game, right? Where Jokic pretty much just took over uh, down the stretch, and and he ends up scoring what like 30, 31 points, I think maybe in that game or yeah. thirty. Um, Huge game from him, and I really just noticed it was like, yeah, this is like they are leaning on him big time. They're giving him the ball uh, every time down in the sh- in crunch time, and, and he's coming up with big shots. Uh, that was huge, of course, against the Minnesota game. He he struggled mightily in that game, shooting the ball at least, um, but he still comes up with the big tip in to seal it uh, at the end of the game. I mean, you're right. It's We are kind of seeing him grow up before our eyes during this win streak. And it's really fun and it's exciting because that's what they need, right? They need Jokic to be uh, – this gets thrown around all the time. He, they need him to be a more aggressive, right? And I, I don't know. It's not like he just needs to start chucking. Uh, but they need him to be the guy making the plays every time down to want the ball every time down and to want to be the guy who's going to make that decision. Um Mark, would you agree? Would you would you say Jokic has basically been the catalyst of this win streak? Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think looking game to game, um, when you laid out that win streak, I think um, obviously in Oklahoma City, uh, he was huge. I think he had like 15 or 16 rebounds, something like that. Um, so it wasn't just his normal offensive production, but also kind of being everywhere. Uh, the Indiana game, he completely took over. I thought there was a nice kind of back and forth in Milwaukee. And then I thought he had a tough game in Minnesota, but he was still facilitating, uh, getting the ball a lot, calling for the ball, um, bringing down, um, bringing it down to the post. He, you know, almost had a triple double, really distributed well, rebounded. And then that tip at the end obviously sealed the game. So it's been nice to see that even in the Minnesota scenario where his threes aren't falling, um, he's still producing. And I still think he's absolutely the catalyst, but, you know, running the offense, and kind of being the motor of the team. Right. Yeah, that's I agree 100%. That's that's really what it's all about for him. And that's look, it's a, it's a tough thing for the Nuggets to do, right? They uh Jokic is, is there's nobody like Jokic. There's just not I think 538 had a great article uh on him that basically was about this and and, and you so trying to build around someone like that uh is tough trying to figure out how to best utilize someone like that. Is tough. We've seen coach Malone struggle with it. I mean, there's no other way around it. He's he's tried to maybe push some more traditional concepts 
um, with the team, and they they struggle because that's just not it's just not how you use Jokic, and so it seems like. The, everything seems to be coming together right now where they're figuring it out. Everybody's figuring it out. Everybody's running through him, and he's in him himself because Jokic certainly hasn't been guilt-free in when he's had struggles, but him himself uh, has made, kind of seemed to turn that corner. Really, I mean, that Minnesota game is a great way of looking at it too because at the beginning of the season, that's a game where Jokic ends up putting like, uh, you know, 10 shots because he misses his first six, and so then he only shoots it four more times the entire game because he's hesitant. Uh, he didn't do that. You know, he he came out and basically said, I'm going to keep shooting it. Uh, I'm not going to pass up open looks when I have them, even though it's not falling. Uh, and, and in the end, it was it was basically, I mean, he still ends up almost getting a triple-double. So uh, it, it, was, it was definitely what the Nuggets needed. Mark, let me ask you this. Out of those four games so far, which win do you think is the biggest that the Nuggets have had? I mean, it was a rock fight and it was ugly, but I think I have to go Minnesota just because of what was on the line. Um, I mean, I think we could have seen a loss with Milwaukee or Indiana and Oklahoma City um, and kind of felt like, well, you know, this was over a week ago. Now it's just sealing the deal. But after winning um, at Oklahoma City and then against Milwaukee and then against Indiana and getting, I think, the team and the fan base on board with, hey, this playoff picture is still alive – to come in and win an ugly fight where Jokic isn't having his best game against a, the team that we're hoping to pass to get into the playoffs, is, I mean, among other teams, um, I just don't think can be understated. I think that's the biggest win we've had in the Michael Malone era. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. It's you know, What's interesting about that is a lot of people were saying, you know, this is the biggest home game the Nuggets have played, uh, you know, in the Michael Malone era, essentially. And I, I don't know if I would necessarily agree with that because last year's game against Oklahoma City – um, in terms of home games, they were saying this is the biggest home game. I mean, last year's game against Oklahoma City was, what, like the third to last game of the season uh, as well, and it was an elimination game, just like essentially that Minnesota game was an elimination game. Um, and, you know, and, and the Nuggets lost that one. So I don't know if it was the – I think it's th- those two games are the same in terms of magnitude, but obviously it's much nicer because the Nuggets actually win this one. I do I – would, I would agree with you that that one is – probably their biggest win just because of the the implications are on that were on the line i'd also though maybe argue that oklahoma city game because as you were saying i mean the nuggets were down and out right they had just lost those back-to-back games uh against philadelphia and toronto they were at that point two and four on their road seven game road trip um and and pretty much everybody including myself i mean i wrote an article uh, last week that wasn't that was kind of just basically saying, hey, I think that you shouldn't fire coach, but you might have to because what else are you going to do? You're about to miss the playoffs, and you really are stuck with the roster you have. So if you're going to make some changes, uh, this is the only way you're going to do it. I think I think coach might have got a little uh, a little touched by that because uh, he he kind of sub subtweeted us in his uh, his his post game press conference there against um, against Milwaukee, but. Uh, I guess the point being is like, yeah, I, I mean, I think everybody at that point was looking at it like, okay, this is it. These guys are done. Um, and then they come out and they win that Oklahoma City game in overtime, a game, you know, uh, a game that maybe they would have lost earlier in the season. They they come back and, and, and they get that win, and then that kind of starts this role that they're on. So I think that one was real huge as well. Uh, Ryan, what about you? Would you, you probably agree with one of the, either the Minnesota or the Oklahoma City game? Yeah, it has to be either of those two uh, for different reasons. The Oklahoma City game really got this run started, and they were really dead in the water, as you said, and they they definitely turned it around, fought very hard in that game, ended up pulling out an overtime game on the road. Like It, it can't be understated right. how, how bad the Nuggets have played overall in Chesapeake Arena. Uh, that's a really big deal. Uh, but overall, I would definitely go the Minnesota game. Nothing really was going right offensively for the Nuggets in the Minnesota game, and they just persevered. They just they were very persistent. They were aggressive all the time. Uh, every possession on defense was focused, which I think is completely different from what we've seen in the past uh, few years. Uh, but right. this the defensive <laughs> effort in that game was amazing. Uh, depends on the execution on who you ask like but i think that they had a really good solid game on the defensive end and it really carried them uh they were nervous offensively and once that nervousness turns around then they might be a little bit less 
uh, stressed on that end. But overall, right. I thought that was a that was a big step. That was a, that was a situation where they could have gave the game away, but having a veteran Paul Millsap, having Nikola Jokic to really run things through, and uh, just making plays was a really big deal, and it, it totally saved their season. And so I, I have to give that the title of biggest win. I would say uh, you you missed the biggest vet having the biggest veteran in that game. Which was Devin Harris, man. What a game from him, right? Oh, that was uh what a game from Ludacris. <laughs> right. It was it almost got it almost got a little too ridiculous there for a second. I was like, all right, Devin, all right, you've missed about two heat checks in a row. You probably should bring it back just a little bit. Um, he, he but that was, was amazing. That was fun. Amazing. The Nuggets right, was... honestly, they were dead in the water at that point. And and Devin just comes in, he he jacks up threes off of off of the catch, uh off of the dribble and then like coming off of screens like they were they were going in from everywhere and he really ignited the crowd and that was one of the thing, right. the things where the crowd was kind of dead in a in a must win playoff game and and just having those moments having that amazing play uh really put the crowd back into the game and and they were in, in it for the rest of the game so it was that was a huge huge deal Right, and I'll say yeah, for any, for anybody who's never been to Pepsi Center, that's kind of one of the the quirks about it. It's the way it's built is it's it feels almost too big um, for for a basketball arena, and it, and it feels very cavernous. I guess is is the way you could put it. And and so when when momentum kind of stops, like the, the air just comes out of that building, and suddenly everybody's just sitting there, and they're and they're boring, and it's quiet, and it's uh, it, it, the atmosphere really uh, really kind of benefits the road team at that point but because it is feels so big and so cavernous when that momentum gets going and the crowd starts getting loud it suddenly becomes a crazy environment um to play in and and uh, swings heavily in favor of the home team so yeah that was uh, that was a huge part for Harris to that and what's crazy too is he bailed them out twice it was in the first quarter they were they were falling behind and he hits a three and then gets fouled while shooting a three and gets three free throws like right at the end of the quarter and then at the end of the third quarter that's when he just goes supernova and starts hitting every single three that they're throwing at him i mean that was that that was to me like that was a game where you saw with him it's like yep yeah, that that is why you got him because that is a veteran right there who says no this game is too important we're not going to lose it i can't put the team on my back every single night but i can put them on my back for 5 minutes uh and and the, make sure that those five minutes are impactful um, and can swing this game. And that was that was such a huge, huge thing for them. So like, shout out to Devin Harris. Shout out to that pickup. Shout out to anybody who was pounding on the table to trade for him. You know, back in November, that was those those guys are smart. Uh, yeah, if, if anybody knows, if anybody knows Zach, this this is his victory lap right now. Zach has been pounding <laughs> the table for Devin Harris for not just months but for years. Uh, he is. <laughs> been the perfect complement for a Jamal Murray type where he's he's really solidified that bench unit and he wasn't playing that well before this game he wasn't. and all of those all of those minutes don't matter anymore because he came through in the biggest moment in the biggest game right i would say he's the funny thing is is he hasn't been a massive negative since he's been here which made it and still was an improvement on Moutier just cuz the team struggled so so mightily when Moutier was in and running the point but he hadn't been good he had just been kind of you know mediocre um and then so but then to have that that outburst and kind of save the nugget season the way he did right there in that game uh huge huge point let's bring it back though to this this win win streak and i'll go over to you mark uh like i said i wrote that article last friday saying hey if you're gonna make changes because you're gonna miss the playoffs coach is pretty much the only change that 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 seems obvious at this point and and as i I continue to emphasize not because i think he should be fired just because i think uh with their roster they didn't have if you didn't have much other choices about what you could do in terms of changing things up now that they're going to They'll be basically in it uh, unless they lose probably these two games in a row. Uh, but they'll probably be in this down into the very last game of the season. Mark, do you think that this win streak has kind of pushed Coach Malone off the hot seat and and has made him safe for next season? So ultimately, yes, I think he's off the hot seat and he's safe. Um, that being said, I think he was probably safe no matter what. Right. Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying I necessarily agree with that either way, um, but 
when we all saw the tweets and information come out that Malone and Connolly had a meeting about how missing the playoffs would obviously um, be a disappointment, but it wasn't the ultimate goal and they're developing the team and something along that line that basically this wasn't playoffs or bust um, like most fans thought it was. Um, the fact that he has one year left on his contract um, and the Cronkies are not known for overpaying or paying two coaches or going into the tax or anything like that. Um, my thought the entire time would have been unless something very strange or catastrophic happened where the Nuggets lost a ton of games straight and were a lottery team right. again. Um, and I, I don't think that the that the hot seat was ever getting that hot. I think that ultimately he Malone was going to be allowed to coach out his contract and then maybe they let him walk after that and look for a new coach. But I didn't see the Nuggets paying two coaches and paying Malone to basically sit at home or be an assistant somewhere. So I think that maybe this win streak and if they can push into the playoffs, help him get a new contract. Um, I don't think it's changing that much in the immediate Time yeah, no, I, I basically agree with everything right there, especially right there what you're saying at the end. I, I because I, I also don't think that he was going to get fired. It's it's a weird situation to have a lame duck coach, a coach coaching on his last year. I think the Nuggets were uh, were though prepared to do that. I think Malone uh, was probably prepared to do that, and I'm speculating, but I'm, I'm sure those discussions happened um, because because they at some point that the what they're going to do with him in the future has to come up when he's heading into the last year of his contract. A lot of coaches do not like to do that, but obviously I think that discussion has probably happened. Um, and my, my hunch would be that they basically said, Hey, we're, we're, we're going to wait and see what happens um, before we talk about that. Now that they're, they're so close. I think it, it basically really pushes him off the hot seat um, entirely. Uh, especially because this win streak has somewhat quieted the fans. Cause Hey, let's give credit where credit's due. I thought he's, I think he's coached very well. Um, during this this win streak, I think he's making uh, smart substitutions. He's he's holding back as much as he can with those emotional timeouts and at least saving two uh, for the for the final minutes of a quarter. Um, and and he's done well. And, and that I think has basically internally um, has put him off any hot seat. Obviously, any, if Nuggets lose any game at any point, the the fans will turn like they always do on this roller coaster. Um, I do agree, though, also that that I think he's he's basically working for an extension. I think if he gets into the playoffs, um, that he'll probably get an extension. It'll probably be a small one. I don't think they're going to be offering coach any sort of five year extension or anything like that. But um, I think if he gets, you know, uh, like you said, Mark, playoffs or bust was not the message from the organization. That goes all the way back to media day. That being said, if he gets into the playoffs, it's kind of hard for them to justify being like, well, we want to wait and see what happens. Uh, next season, I think no matter what, you would let him coach out next year. And if they, unless it just went awful and they were like, you know, 20 games under 500 or something, but, um, you know, you let him coach out the season next year and you see what happens then before you make any decisions. But if he gets you into the playoffs, it's basically, you know, as has been the case with Malone every season, it's another year of, yep, this team is continuing to progress. This team is right on track. They are, um, this rebuilding project is going as planned. So I would say that, that the win streak has, has pretty much, I don't know if saved his job is right, but uh, I think got him off the hot seat is probably a better way of putting it. Ryan, do you agree, or do you think there's still a chance that coach the Nuggets might be making a coach and change at the end of the year? Well, I think there's always a chance. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's necessarily guaranteed that he is 100% back in the fold. Uh, I kind of differ from Jeremy in that way that depending on what happens in the offseason or depending on what the players want, it could change in an instant. So that's that's kind of my thinking. I am not sure. Uh, I'm not sure what's going to go down between those guys, but uh, we'll just have to see. If I had to put if I had to peg it, I think that they offer him a one year extension. Uh, right. So we will. We will have to see. Uh, it, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I, I I can't really call what they're going to do until we see the last three games of the year. Uh, for fans out there, it'll be the last two. And if they do get into the playoffs, then I think he's pretty much safe. Uh, the real question is whether he'll get an extension or not. Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll just have to see what happens. 
Yeah, see, I would agree with you too. I think it's like so. Basically, I would assume. Let's say they get into the playoffs uh, and they get like like the worst scenario of them getting in the playoffs. They get in as the eight seed, right? They squeak in on like the last day. Maybe they even back their way in, uh, and and then they get the Rockets in the first round. They get swept. Um, even then, I think you see a, a situation where where there's like, uh, uh, okay, we're going to give you basically it will be a two year extension or or even a three year extension, right? Which is okay. We're going to pick up your option. Uh, which I think they already have anyway. So, uh, they, but you would play out your your original contract uh, for next season. Then we would guarantee a season after that. Um, and then, last but not least, you would have a. Uh, and last but not least, you would have a um, a situation where you uh, blah, 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 where you end up giving him another another team option on the year after that. So even if he ends up getting fired next year, you only have one season um, to deal uh, to pay off. Like like because like what Mark was saying that Cronkies aren't about to do that. Tell you what though, guys, since we we went with the first half hour on just that one topic, let's go ahead and hit the break now, uh, and then that way we can just come back. We'll basically just make it a preview. Uh, we'll talk about the Clippers game, and then we'll we'll preview those last two games. So we are going to hit a break, and then we will be. Right here. all been there. When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate, and he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. Welcome back into the Pickaxe Pundit Show. Uh, I'm Zach Mikosh, DenverStiffs.com. We've got Ryan Blackburn, Mark Grimaldi, also with DenverStiffs.com here. We spent we spent Sub. a lot of the first half of the sh- <laughs> Nice. Nice, nice uh, uh, addition there to the show, Ryan. I like You're that. welcome. <laughs> um, so we spent the first half of the show doing kind of this, just wasting time uh, for a lot of it. And then, uh, and then obviously we talked quite a bit about that Nuggets win streak. I'm going to kind of just lump everything in together here for the second half of the show. Um, we're going to basically start with these uh, with the, this Clippers game that you guys out there listening already know the result of. We don't. Um, and then we'll get into the Blazers and, and uh, Timberwolves games. As Ryan pointed out, even if the Nuggets lose to the Clippers, they still just need to win the Portland and Minnesota games, and they are into the playoffs. Um, but let's, let, let's talk about the Clippers first. Um, so obviously, uh, we know what losing, um, what, what losing does to them or, or won't do them, but, but Ryan, how big is, is a win? I mean, how important is it knowing that, Hey, they could, they can drop this game and still get in. Well, I still think it's incredibly, it's incredibly important for two reasons. The first one is for playoff seating purposes. If they do plan on winning the other right. two is that. If they are to win the last three games, and they are guaranteed to be no less than a seven seed in the playoffs. That Which means, means they avoid Rockets. Houston. Yeah. Right. And 
every every Nuggets fan knows that avoiding Houston is probably the most important thing the Nuggets can do in a playoff seeding environment. So being at least the seventh seed and maybe even being the sixth or the fifth seed, depending on what other teams do, that would be incredibly important for them. Right. The other yeah, reason, I, the other reason is that momentum is a really, really important thing. And if the Nuggets falter here on the road, then it could provide a little bit of uh, tentativeness and and nervousness going into the last two games. And honestly, I'm just all about riding the wave and winning as many games as possible and letting the chips fall where they may after that. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, the momentum when it's and it's a tough time to get your momentum killed because then you're right there. I mean, that's that's how this this end of. Uh, uh, end of the season is just gone for them. I mean, then you're right there uh, playing another massive game, essentially at that point an elimination game um, against the Blazers uh, just two nights later. So it's hard after you just take that crushing defeat, it's hard to then have to turn around immediately and get back up uh, and go play a very good team. Potentially still who could still have something to play for at that point and, and then try and get them a win when you absolutely have to have it. Man, I swear, if the Nuggets... If, I don't even want to think about it. having to play the Blazers uh, and losing to them, and, and that being the the end of their season. That would be, oh, that would be a rough way to have it happen. Um, I also think, uh, just just from a, a standpoint of mental on the mental side of it, like eliminating the Clippers, uh, I think is is a big thing as well. Knowing, okay, they're finally. Granted, now there's only two games left, but finally, one of these teams that we've been battling with for the past month. We don't have to worry about anymore. They're done. They can't catch us. We now just have to focus on winning these last two games, uh, and we don't have to worry about whoever's behind us anymore. I think that would be big uh, from a mental edge as well. Mark, what about you? What do you think would be the biggest things uh, about getting this win against the Clippers? I think the biggest thing, I agree with Ryan um, on his last point, is kind of the mental edge it would give. Uh, We've seen this team play tight sometimes. Um, in fourth quarters and just have issues with pressure, which luckily over the last four games uh, we haven't seen. People have been playing well, especially Jamal Murray, um, down the stretch when we need him. But that being said, I think if you lose to the Clippers here and just put that extra pressure on the team, I don't know how I feel about going uh, into a game against Portland and then especially going to Minnesota for a road game uh, for, I mean, the biggest game of the season at that point to try to secure a playoff spot. Um, if you can beat this Clippers team, I think it just gives the team confidence. It's their longest win streak of the year then, um, and hopefully allow them to play a little more loose and confident in the games to come. So I think it's more of just the mental aspect in this game than the actual numbers. Since, as Ryan pointed out earlier, if we win that last game, and especially if we're going to beat Portland too, we'll, we'd be in anyway. So I think this is right. really just about how the team feels about going forward. Right. Right, yeah, and, and I like the point, too, about the seeding because that, um, I mean, let's be honest, like, I, I don't think any of you guys, Houston is pretty much the only team, uh, and I'm including Golden State in this, Houston is the only team that you would think they have no shot against, right, whatsoever. Like, even if you get the Warriors uh, without Steph Curry, a team who the Nuggets, who have typically played well against regardless, um... Yeah, it's going to be a tough. It's going to be tough, but I think there's there's an outside chance, right, that they could even beat them. So getting that that seating and getting um uh getting the 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 chance to play somebody who gives them a shot is so huge, and would just be so huge for the the city that um I think that that's a big part of it as well. Uh, Ryan, I'll go back to you again on this. So if they if they lose, like we said, they could still um, they could still obviously get in, but do you think if they lose that, that, that mentality kind of like we've been talking about and, and that loss of momentum, would that be, uh, would that be enough to where they would end up, you know, dropping another game, um, and end up not getting in? I mean, it's, it's hard to say right now. Uh, honestly, no, I, I think that this team has shown a lot of resilience of late and that they, if, if they do hit a speed bump, then I think it would refocus them rather than rather than really pull them apart. However, there is always the possibility that this, this kind of crushes them. Like the last time the Clippers came and, and the last time the Clippers came and beat the Nuggets, uh, it kind of crushed their spirit for a little bit. So right. I really think the Nuggets do need this game. 
if only because of a revenge factor, if because it could help their for their playoff seeding, but just the emotional edge that it would give them in that regard, I think that that's really important. And right. I, it's it's just hard to tell whether that would that would be what affects them. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. I think one of the one of the better things that we've seen this season, all season long, whether it's uh, over a streak of games like this, the this four game winning streak, or whether it's just during some games, uh, we've seen a team that's a lot more resilient, uh, as you pointed out, a team that's got a lot more of a never say die attitude. You think about like last year. Uh, they went up to Portland and lost that game, and Yusuf Nurkic with the now infamous uh, I hope those guys have a nice summer quote. Um, that did not eliminate the Nuggets, but but it felt like, you know, it, they, they pretty much kind of lost all their steam after that, right? I mean, here they, they went out, and they, it was now the cards were stacked against them. They have their former, their former teammate take, taking shots at them. Um, and, and they just didn't respond. They end up, I think, what, two games later, uh, end up losing to Oklahoma City to finish off the season. End up a game they should have won. If you remember that one, they were up big time. And then um, Russell Westbrook, of course, brings the uh, Thunder all the way back, wins it at the buzzer. Um, and, that, and, and then they were done. I would like to think that this season... Uh, if they were to lose this game against LA, they would have the, the the toughness and the mentality to think, okay, we lost that game to LA, uh, and that really sucks. But now it's two games left. Win the two, win the two, and you're in. Uh, we can do that. We can win two games. Um, I, I I would like to think that's how they respond. Mark, what do you think? Do you think that this would, if they lose to the Clippers, would it kind of galvanize them for those final two games, or do you think it would just take all the air out of the room uh, and ultimately end up spelling doom for them? I think it takes the air out of the room. Um, I don't know if it spells doom. We'd have to see how they respond. But, I mean, like you said, last year, the team that we saw, which is for the most part the same team this year, the roster mostly returned. Um, losing to Portland was massive. And so if they were to lose to the Clippers uh, today, and um, who knows how Malone feels after that, the co- the team could get tight. Um, players obviously lose confidence in the team or themselves. Um maybe start to do a little hero ball, things like that. I think it could really just change the dynamic of the team for the last two games, which is not something we need. Um, hopefully the team going into the last two games will be coming on a five-game win streak, which would be the longest of the season. Um, be confident in you know, running the ball through Jokic and things like that. Confident in the coach's substitutions and really roll in as a cohesive unit to the last two games, which I think would be really tough to do if you play the Clippers, a team who's basically eliminated, uh, although not mathematically out yet, and drop a game when you really should be winning. Right, yeah, like um, like we're saying, yeah, you, you have that opportunity to eliminate them right now, so uh, to drop it uh, and give them hope while also taking hope away from you, that would, I, I would agree, I think that would take the air out of the room as well. I don't... I just don't know. Like, I don't know how they would respond. It would be, it'll be fascinating to see um, if they do end up losing to LA, how they come back out and, um, and, and play this game or play these final two games and what kind of energy uh, and focus they have. Uh, maybe a sign of a growing moment if they, if they do lose and then they end up coming back out and, and playing really well and winning those final two games. Um, obviously that game, the final game of the season against Minnesota really looms large. Cause here's the thing about Portland. Uh, they might, they might have nothing to play for at that point. They're going to play the, uh, the Spurs. Do they play the Spurs today or tomorrow? Uh, I think uh, tomorrow. tomorrow. Right. And if they, and if they beat the Spurs tomorrow, they're, correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan, but if they beat the Spurs tomorrow, they're locked into the three seed, right? Yes. Right. Well, actually, so, oh no, they need they need a Jazz loss in addition. They need the Jazz to lose uh, the because the Jazz currently are. Uh, let me see. They're two games back of Portland, and the Jazz actually have the tiebreaker. So if the Jazz win out, their last game is against Portland. Uh, so it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting. It's one of those things that the Nuggets may not catch a break with this Lillard with this Lillard sitting thing. Uh, right. simply because Portland may not be able to eliminate the Jazz from copping the three seed in time. So it really just depends on what the Jazz, what the Blazers prioritize. They could prioritize Lillard's health, health going into it and just know, hey, if they do win this game against the Spurs, then they have home court advantage guaranteed. But right. they could, if they're looking to prioritize 
first round opponent Not, and right. the, or second second round opponent second or first round, round opponent, opponent right yeah if they if they think that they can win that first round series and then they really want the three seats so that they face golden state then that would be what they would do and they would try and win against the nuggets too so that's going to be interesting to say the least uh all, all Nuggets fans can hope for right now is that Portland wins against the Spurs and then the Jazz lose their next game, which is against oh the gosh, Lakers um, tomorrow. Lakers, yeah. In, in the LA. Lakers tomorrow. Come on, so, LA nightlife. <laughs> yeah. The Lakers the Lakers have had an opportunity to help the Nuggets out last night, but they, they couldn't do it. Nice so yeah, hopefully they like, can um we'll just have to Lakers- see. They've provided no help uh, whatsoever. They've been – they're like the one – they're the wild card in this, right? Because they have no – they can't get in. Obviously, they're eliminated from the playoffs. They also have no uh, draft pick in the upcoming draft. So it's not like tanking does them anything. So they're just playing to play uh, at this point. Um, and uh, you would hope that they, they, they've been playing. The Nuggets obviously are done playing the Lakers. We all remember how the Nuggets lost their final game against L.A., um, and you were kind of hoping, okay, that they would then at this point, because they were playing a lot of these Western Conference playoff teams, you're hoping they would kind of help the Nuggets out um, and, and and mess mess with other people. They are three and seven in their last ten games. So as is always the case, the Lakers are terrible in every aspect and no help yeah. whatsoever. But we could still help. There's still one time. Yeah, screw the Lakers. Uh, they they still have that one last game against the Jazz that I think they could help. I think otherwise they're pretty much. Um, yeah, pretty much well, that's about all we can ask out of the Lakers team. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. I, I'm i fully fully on board with the fact that the Nuggets are going to get Damian Lillard now in the in their game against in their game against right. uh, kind of the most important game of the season. So we'll, we'll just have to see what happens and how they respond to that. I do think the only right. wrinkle there is Lillard's health. Because um, if I'm Portland and I'm sitting there knowing I'm locked into either the three or four seed, and I'm going to play probably either San Antonio or the Pelicans. Um, obviously, I think any team would prefer to play the Pelicans just because I think the Spurs scare everyone in the playoffs and Pop scares everyone in the playoffs. But that being said, they don't have Kawhi. Um, so, I mean, maybe Portland says that Damian's health is more important and they're going to rest him and go into the playoffs healthy and strong instead of trying to push to control seating that much, but I agree. If I was betting, I think we have to hope for the Lakers again, which isn't much of a hope. <laughs> exactly. The other interesting thing about the Blazers, too, is that they they can control their own destiny even if they were to lose, um, I think, to the Nuggets, right? They could, they're most likely, yeah. they're, they're going to get the Jazz as the last game. So, like, they could, if they beat the Spurs, uh, then maybe they rest, they keep Lillard resting against the Nuggets and say, okay, we're going to just hopefully get Damian back uh, a couple days later against the Jazz. We win that game. We get the three seed, and we're, and we're good to go. Um, so that's, yeah, that, having that's him come play of, at altitude, having him come play at altitude isn't necessarily the most the, the greatest thing for his health. The Nuggets really uh, – uh, Lillard has really dominated the Jazz in their matchups. Like if you guys remember last year going down the stretch, he had that 60-point game or whatever it was. Uh, against the Jazz, that really helped keep the the Blazers ahead of the Nuggets in that playoff in that playoff race. So, if right. if he still has success against the Jazz, and they feel like maybe it's maybe it's better, maybe he still does play against the Nuggets. But if they get down like fifteen or twenty, or if the Nuggets come out firing, then they might do a an, an in game rest where they actually rest him during the second half. Right. Yep. Yep. There's a lot of. A lot of scenarios. Let's get into it. I mean, I was going to ask for you guys' predictions on the Clippers game, but uh, we're, we're starting to come up short on time anyways, and I, it's either going to just make us look dumb or make us look smart, and we don't uh, – nobody cares either way. Um, let's do this, yeah, though. nobody cares. Nobody cares how, how dumb or smart we are. <laughs> they all just assume we're really dumb, um, which is fine. Uh, but let's so let's get into this. I guess let – me, let me go over to you, Mark. Uh, the Portland game and the Minnesota game uh, – Assuming either way that the Nuggets really need to win both of those games, which one are you more concerned about them getting the victory? Minnesota. Um, right. If I'm reading the schedule right, and I've basically just been listening to Ryan and reading his articles on Denver Stiffs, um, it seems like the Minnesota game controls our destiny more than anything else. 
but also it's just on the road. It's travel. It's the last game of the season. Um, it's a game that I think both teams are going to be very hyped up for. Uh, it seemed like both Minnesota and Denver were a little sloppy um, in the game they just played, and I think it is those nerves and the playoff nerves coming up. And I can only think that's going to be amplified in the last game. Um, and when you get into a you know a sloppy game like that where people aren't executing as well as we're used to, uh, it can really go either way, and I think that adds just variance to the outcome. And so right. I, I, the Portland game is huge. I would love to see us beat Nurkic um, and would hate to lose a home game, our last home game when we're trying to get into the playoffs. But that being said, Minnesota on the road with Jimmy Butler back scares me. Right. Yeah, I agree 100%. It's got to be that Minnesota game because, like we said, there's a chance that Portland's uh, resting people at that point. Um, even if they're not, you're at home, um, there's a ton of revenge factor there because it's like, all right, even though Portland's in, um, we are not going to let them basically for all, you know, intents and purposes, eliminate us again from the playoffs. So, you know, the Nuggets will be motivated for that. You know, they'll be motivated to take it to Nurkic, um, as sort of a way to get him back. Uh, there's also a chance if the Blazers are looking at it and they, especially if they have that three seed, if they have the three seed locked up. There's probably a very good chance that they're gonna they're gonna play basically nobody and they're gonna give you nothing because they're gonna probably think there's a good chance we might see this Nuggets team one week later for seven games in a row. We're gonna give them the most vanilla film uh, possible on th- today's game um, and 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 basically just play uh, play nothing but scrubs against these guys. That wouldn't surprise me as well. Whereas Minnesota, it's almost. There's almost like no way around it. They're going to be playing that game. The only way they're not playing that game of high importance is if the Nuggets drop the games against the Clippers and the Blazers and, and are basically out of it. Uh, even at that point, Minnesota is probably playing for seeding still. So uh, that game they are going to be hyped for. That game is going to be huge. They just lost a game against the, the Nuggets where they probably uh, somewhat justifiably feel like they uh, they were given the, the raw end of the whistle. Uh, I'm... I mean, obviously, I'm a Nuggets homer, but even watching that game, I was like, man, that was a raw, or that was a tough whistle that Minnesota got, especially down the stretch there. Um, there's going to be a lot of hype there. It's a road game, which is obviously something the Nuggets have struggled with this year. Uh, to me, it's got to be that Minnesota game. Um, Ryan, would you agree? And if so, how important, with Minnesota getting back Jimmy Butler, how important is it for the Nuggets to maybe get back Gary Harris for that game? Well, first of all, the Timberwolves have not been to the playoffs in 14 years. They have the longest drought in the NBA. That's going to be a home game for them. They're going to be hyped up, guaranteed, uh, because right now they, they have Memphis as their next game. So pretty clearly they they probably are not going to drop that game. But even if they do drop that game, they still have the ability to uh, – they still have the ability to tie the Nuggets going down the stretch because of how the schedules kind of align. And they had, they would have. Uh, and if they tie, them. they would have the head-to-head tiebreaker if they won that last game. So that is a massive, huge game for all parties involved. And Jimmy Butler was back against the Lakers. He didn't play a ton of minutes, just twenty-three minutes, but he was seven of ten from the field. Right. Like he's no rust. Like he was, he was four of eight from the free throw line. That was the only sort of rust that you really see out of him. He only had one turnover. Like, holy cow! <coughs> Excuse me. That's a that's a big deal. Uh, if they get him back and the Nuggets get Gary Harris back, this game is going to be lit. Like there's there's no other way around it. The Nuggets will have Nikola Jokic going against Carl Anthony Towns. They'll have Gary Harris and Wilson Chandler to match up against Andrew Wiggins and Jimmy Butler. Uh, it's going to be incredible to watch that game, and the intensity is going to be through the roof. It's it's hard to see a scenario where the Nuggets actually guarantee a playoff spot. Uh, at that point, they would need a couple of losses from pretty sure Oklahoma City. Uh, right. But if they if they got those, then how cool would it be if they could just rest their guys uh, going into the final game? I don't think that they would, but because for seeding purposes, they may try and avoid Houston. But this is this is looking more and more like it's possible, Nuggets fans. And I don't want to shoot my shot right now because we we're broadcasting this after the release and after the LA Clippers game, so. It's it's going I to sound look really crazy. 
I don't I do not want to look dumb. I have had thoughts that they could go three and zero over this stretch, and I think it's a huge. genuine possibility. I will it just leave it at huge. that. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, you you did miss the the part about Gary Harris, but that's uh that's okay. I'll pick it up. You know, I just uh, don't really I care. Like, I just don't... <laughs> I, I'm just I kidding. Uh, Gary Harris. Gary Harris is going to be an interesting factor. I think he will come back for the Portland game in all likelihood. And I don't know how much he's going to play, but that should really help the Nuggets uh, from a spacing perspective and, and maybe from a perimeter defense perspective. I just hope that he's healthy. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to watch what he does and how he's moving on the court. Uh, because from all from all kind of perspectives around Nuggets media, the, the thought is that he's still walking a little gingerly. Right. So if if that is the case, and if he's still moving a little bit less than optimal, then Jimmy Butler is, has proven that he can fight through injury, and that that it's all in everybody else's head if he's injured. So we will we'll see how those guys uh, come back from that. Uh, I still give the advantage to Denver if they have the momentum, but if they don't have the momentum, then it's much dicier. Right. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I If they don't have the momentum, it's a lot tougher, especially uh, th- then you might think about Gary Harris bringing him back, uh, even if he's not 100%. I kind of feel like um, if you get the game against the Clippers, uh, you probably don't like I, here's my thing. I am not for rushing Gary Harris back and potentially uh, doing more damage to his knee, a very, uh, very, uh, very important part of, of a player and, and an injury that um, can be devastating. Like I'm not in favor of rushing him back just and doing more damage to the knee just to get swept or, or get knocked out in the first round. Like uh, he would Absolutely. help, obviously, right? I mean, he's he's a good player, but at the same time, like uh, I mean. It, if you if you've been playing well without him, like I would rather just see them let him rest and try and get him back for the playoffs. Uh, and if you don't make it, so be it. Um, and, and just kind of see where you're going. That's where I would be. Mark, I'll give you the last thought of the show on it. Uh, what do you think? Uh, let me ask you this. I guess to to back on that, do you think they should bring Gary back even if he's not a hundred percent for maybe one of these one or two final games, uh, or or just let him rest and and let the chips fall where they may. So I couldn't agree with you more that I think rushing him back would be the worst idea. Um, I mean, let's be realistic. We're all hoping to see the playoffs. We're all hoping to see the players, the young players, get that experience. But the chances of the Nuggets getting out of the first round are almost slim to none. I mean, if we could manage to win these three games, like Ryan said, and push up above the sixth seed, then I think we're talking about a scenario where the Nuggets could move on. But even against an injured Golden State, I would just be hoping to win a couple games, look good on national TV, um, and really just get the experience for the players. But they're not going to win, um, more than likely. And so to rush Gary Harris back um, for that scenario and possibly re-injure him or aggravate the injury or make it so he's not healthy or he's not the Gary Harris we've come to know and love next season – uh, I just think would be a huge, huge mistake. I think they need to prioritize the future over getting kicked out in the first round. Right. Yep. I'm I'm with you 100 percent on that. Um, all right. So I guess that we are we are pretty much out of time. Uh, Mark is Mark. You're at Marcus Grimaldi, right? But you're never on Twitter. I believe that's the story. Yeah, at Marcus Blam, but I haven't uh, tweeted since last time I told everyone that. So again, no worries. <laughs> catch, still catch him in the comment section. Uh, Ryan is uh, you're at NBA Blackburn. Uh, That's Greg, right. It was so much easier when That's you were right. Ryan Blackburn on Twitter. Uh, Ryan's at NBA Blackburn. Um, always, always check him out. Ryan's always got tons of great stuff, great content, great tweets. Um, I'm at Zach Mikosh at Denver Stiffs. At MBN Dash Radio, we're on Instagram at the Denver Stiffs. Uh, we're obviously on Facebook. Give us a follow. Make sure to give us a like on our posts. Mark will appreciate that, or not? Mark. Mark doesn't care. He's not our social media coordinator. We we've got you mixed up with Jeremy like three times, <laughs> like three times on this thing. Be be polite in the comments. That's what Mark cares about. That'd be uh, great. <laughs> not gonna happen. Uh, <laughs> 
And then, um, uh, if you guys are listening to the podcast version of the show, as I say every week, why are you not listening to Nothing But Net Radio on the Dash Radio app at 4 p.m., um, getting us quote-unquote live. Uh, and then, uh, but if you are listening to the podcast version, go ahead and subscribe, leave us a rating and some comments. We would appreciate that uh, as well. And alrighty, I think that is, uh, is going to do it for us. So, uh, Mark, Ryan, appreciate you guys being on. Thanks for having me. All right. See ya. All right, everybody. We will, uh, it'll either be post-mortem or preview in the playoffs, one of the two, but we will talk to you next week. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs.